0: Welcome into another edition of the Deep Slam Podcast. I'm your host, D.P. Sidhu. On this week's podcast, we've got Christian Covington, C4. You'll find out what those four Cs actually stand for. I actually did not know. And uh, Christian sort of walks us through his name, as well as the season he's having in his fourth year here with the Texans. Also, we'll catch up with Dave Zingaro, who covers the Philadelphia Eagles for NBC Sports Philadelphia. Dave actually used to be a beat reporter here for the Houston Texans, for CSN Houston. So got to catch up with him a little bit. He's got a different perspective of the Texans having worked here, having covered the team every single day. And uh, he gives us some insight on the Eagles and this Sunday's matchup, especially with Nick Foles under center and what that whole quarterback controversy, if you will, or situation is like from inside that Eagles stadium. All right. But first, let's talk about Bows, whatever you're passionate about, Try out the QC35 wireless headphones, too. You can check out more at Bose.com slash TexansBose, the exclusive sound of the Houston Texans. Also, if you're hungry and you're out and about and trying to get some holiday stuff done, like I will definitely be doing once I get back from Philly, it'll be a time crunch of the utmost magnitude. Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers, they've got three new locations opening soon. They've got a food truck. That's custom designed to bring you steak burgers, fries, and frozen custard that you love to your event. And Freddie's original double steak burger is a real game changer. So, with that, let's get into our podcast. Up first, Christian Covington had a chance to sit down with him. He was coming off the season ending injury last year and then worked his way back in OTAs. Got injured again early on in the season, but then worked his way back to the lineup, and then against Tennessee just had a breakout game. We talk about Christian Covington. We talk about that D-line group. They're a lot of fun, all of them, And, and Christian's no different. The Rice Owl, I like to say he's a native Houstonian. We can call him a Houstonian. Now he went to school here. He considers himself a Houstonian, even though he's from Vancouver. Always fun to catch up with C4. Here he is. Christian Covington, also known as Christian Coral Cleveland Covington, do you know that's on your Wikipedia page?
1: Yes, I do. <laughs> okay,
0: I, I know you call yourself C4. I did not know that the C4 was literally four names that start with the C. Can I start with Coral?
1: Can you start with Coral? Yes.
0: Where did Coral come from?
1: So my great-grandmother's uh, – my great-grandmother on my father's side was named Cora, and so my parents just decided to add an L.
0: <laughs> okay. I didn't know if it was like a Vancouver thing. Like, yeah. It was
1: like- I have like – A lot of people ask me, it's like, so are you – you from Australia? You, around, <laughs> you from around the reef, the coral reef? Like what's up? My uh, parents were scuba divers. Yeah, they no, loved, it's, they love the decoy. family name. Yeah, family name. They just decided to add a letter. Cleveland. Cleveland. That's the family name. So okay. my grand, my grandfather was Grover Cleveland Covington. My dad's Grover Cleveland Covington. I was technically supposed to be Grover the uh, third, but my mom said no.
0: She's like, I'm shutting down my son yes. named Grover. <laughs> Do you think you'll name your son Grover one day and make him before? I want to.
1: Um but again that's I guess a, it kinda um,
0: depends on you you only fifty percent of the decision in that
1: one. Absolutely that's what I'm saying. So uh, <laughs> well actually with this it might with the name like Grover, it might be seventy five twenty five. I love the name. Uh <laughs> But you're I biased, yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the future.
0: All right, year four for C four. How's it going for you <laughs> this year? I feel like you're one of the guys that we talked about a lot in the off season. A lot of guys in this building have changed physically. I remember John Harris and I were talking about you, and Johnny said, man, Christian looks really strong. He looks really strong heading into the season. Did you feel strong this off season? Were you doing I know you were coming back from the injury? Mm-hmm. What was different for you?
1: I do feel strong. I did feel stronger coming in. Especially when you're having to go through, I mean, really, what a lot of us had to go through last year with uh, the injury bug going around. Really, the one thing that comes into play is your work ethic that you know goes hand that goes hand in hand with your rehab. So that was my main goal, uh, you know, entering this, you know, entering my fourth year. That especially coming off injury, you know, I do I want to be able to pick back up where I left off uh, last season. Um, and I felt like, you know, obviously I've been coming into my own uh, as the years have gone by. You know, it's kind of crazy how it's already year four. With this team, it's uh, it's been amazing. Uh, and I feel like you were just a rookie yesterday. I feels like too. it feels like my rookie year. It feels like my rookie. My rookie year was literally yesterday. It's uh, it's just crazy. So and I've been I've been in Houston for such a long time too. So it just feels like you know, I'm finally just like clicking, and this year is finally just clicking for me. I just want to be able to continue it and uh, you know help this team whichever way I can.
0: I feel like you had your coming out party versus Tennessee. That was a big game. Two and a half sacks, two TFLs, three quarterback hits. It's like. You had a clear path to the quarterback every single play, and you were making plays. Did you feel like that was sort of a turning point for you, either in your career or this season?
1: I would say so. Um, you know that game itself. You know, obviously, you have to give credit to one of those sacks for JJ, just because. Oh, there is yeah. a story about that. Yeah, attack. that one. Yeah, that one. That one sack. If, if JJ didn't do what he did, I wouldn't have been able to be a part of that. So, um, but other than that, just. I mean, it's just my men, my I'm mentality. Sure, I'm sure it goes both ways. It does, it absolutely. Goes both ways. Um, but at the same time, you know, I just to have to have a game like that. Obviously, is you know, it was you know a monkey off my back, so to speak, with regards to just being able to get that first sack of the season uh, out of the way, and I wanted to be able to continue it uh, from then on. But to have you know the rest of the game play out the way it did, you know, I just wanted to. Obviously, I was feeling myself clearly, and you know, the confidence is uh, confidence is a monster is, is a monster in this game. Um, but to be able to help out my team any way I can, you know, I was just a, overall just a great defensive effort from this team.
0: Confidence. It's so funny because I remember your rookie year, I think it was the fourth preseason game. I was taking over for John Harris on the sidelines, and either it was that game or the the one before you were talking about how nervous you were. Like, you you were just panicking on the sideline. You <laughs> and I remember looking at your eyes. It wasn't the game that I was on the sideline for. The game I was on the sideline for, you had – like these intense, crazy eyes. Like you were just like so. Oh, that was that was preseason. Up.
1: That was preseason game number one. Yeah, you I remember <laughs> that because my first play was a uh, hurry on Kaepernick. So it's like for that to be my first play was oh, like oh, course. it's like welcome to the league. It's like this is like you're in it and stuff like that. So yeah, rookie. Yeah. shoot, four years ago. That, that was four years ago. Yeah, just a lot. A lot of things have changed. You're
0: so chill now. I mean, I'm sure I, you're not like that during the games, but it seemed like you know you've just sort of grown into this absolutely position. it
1: comes with the territory it comes with being able to play this game for as many years as you know i have so far um and yeah i mean a rookie every I, i'm sure every rookie goes through that especially during the you know training camp uh preseason games like you just you know it's a big welcome to the nfl
0: did you feel do you still feel a sense of nerves i know last year you missed some games with the injury but mm-hmm. the first game back or even some of the games where you were inactive and then you come back does it sort of reset a little bit, like the nerves come back? a little Absolutely. Bit
1: more? I'm. I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna say uh, nerves are there. Um, obviously, the butter. Everybody, I feel, gets the butterflies in their stomach, and you know, I get butterflies in my stomach every game, and I feel like that's the greatest way to tell that you know you love this game still, and that you're still, you know, you, know, you still have something to give to the towards this game. So, I mean, that was uh, that's always a great feeling, and obviously, having the, I, I feel like the the nerves were there that first preseason game of this year because that was literally my first like you know game playing. Since the injury. Um, but ever since then it's it's gotten it's subsided somewhat.
0: Can we talk about the D linemen? Because I feel like you guys as a group are so much fun. So many cast of characters and so then with An- Anthony Weaver, I feel like you guys just have so much fun in there and you guys are such a tight knit group. Like usually we've talked about this before, you usually see it with O linemen, but because the O linemen are all sorta of new <laughs> and you guys have all been together now, yes. you guys you guys are really, really tight knit.
1: No, we are. No, as you said before, too, it's led by uh, Coach Weave. That man is – oh, man, he's the best D-line coach I've ever had. Uh, he's a pl- obviously a player's coach. And when you have a player's coach that um, has played the has game, played the game yeah. it makes it that much more easier because you're able to see and get that extra perspective that, you know, maybe a coach that hasn't played the game, you know, d- can't really uh, give you. Uh, but so, yeah, it starts with Weave right there. But then you you just go down the entire list, you, JJ, J.D., uh, DJ, uh, Brandon. <laughs> DJ Dunny, Angelo, Joel, <laughs> Carlos, me. Like, those are some characters, uh, just to, to say the least. Um, and it's it's actually kind of crazy just because of how close we have become, especially this year, um, because of the fact that technically this group has been um, together for, you know, two, three-plus years, which is uh, kind of insane to think about when you actually, you know, think of the total what, of eight of us uh, in the room for, you know, at least, you know, starting off with one plus year. Um, so to be able to see how close we've gotten this season has been, you know, great. And obviously it's been translating to the, towards the field because, you know, everybody's out. everybody who is given a chance to be out there, you know, they go out there and make plays. So it's uh, it's it's a fun group to be a part of. I wouldn't trade for anything else. You,
0: you guys are so close that you hang out together even when it's not the season. Is it true that you were in a bowling league together in
1: the offseason? <laughs> yes.
0: How did that go? I mean, you guys are very competitive. Very I mean, competitive. I mean, I expect it to go very competitive. Well. I'm not a good bowler, but bowlers but are also very competitive. Oh, very. And that's their sport. Here's the thing, though. So you're not very good.
1: I'm, I, I'm in the middle because at least like you know I might, I might get a gutter ball like one or two frames. But when I'm throwing it down and I I can't curve, I can't spin the ball or stuff like you that. Need but those when
0: gutter guards is what you need. <laughs> not necessarily.
1: I I I I'll, I'll take my I, I'll I'll put my pride aside, so to speak, and I'll okay. you know I'll, I'll take it in the gutter ball every once in a while. But when it's going down the middle, oh, it's strike. <laughs> so, but nah. JJ's good. DJ and um and DJ Dunny and Brandon, they know how to spin that thing. And uh, no, they've been. It's always it's always competition whenever they're they're up next. Um, Jadavion. He throws that ball so high up in the air and it comes crashing down but <laughs> it works more. it works every time it's like i don't i don't get how you can strike like that um not gonna say it was the worst I'm not gonna put him on blast like that but okay. uh but it oh, goes any do, it doesn't matter with this group whatever we do off uh you know whether it's uh bowling uh whether it's you know pool volleyball whatever it's like that it is competitive and i love i love that group i love this group for it
0: I love your group as well. I heard Anthony Weaver does a lot of fun things with you guys to help you learn. He's got like a Jeopardy day to sort of go over. Does he still do that? Where you, who told has, you that? Who told you that? Okay, that's – <laughs> okay. Well, he, he, he does a lot of things, and it's it's all in learning learning Absolutely. The, the position. So instead of just yeah. quizzing you guys over it, he does that. His former teammate, Travis Johnson, said that – when he watches the way you guys play, it mirrors how Anthony used to play when he was in the league. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched film of Coach Weave? A little as bit, a, yeah. player? a little bit. What do you think when you see him?
1: I see a powerful guy. <laughs> it's kind of it's, it's. Do you see a reflection I see a big, of how you I see guys a big. Are? I see him. He might hate me for this, but I see a bigger guy because that brother. <laughs> he was big. Oh my goodness, compared to what he is. Well, now. he's obviously not yeah, eating yeah. and lifting mm. as
0: as a D lineman anymore. Yeah, we
1: make fun of him. We make fun of him all the time for that. So <laughs> do you do you
0: feel like it? You're very similar in the style that he plays, or is this your own style that has evolved under him? How does I feel
1: happen? like any coach that has played the game is going to put their little twist and you know flavor on there with with regards to their coaching. Um, and it could be said for it could be said with Coach Weave too. You know, he's going to sprinkle in you know what he's done, what's made him su- what made him successful in the league, and you know what he's seen and being around other successful guys in the league. He's going to take all that and you know implement it into the way he coaches us. And you know i've seen i've tried to and the way he's the way he's taught me like i'm a when it comes to me and my game i know what i know what best suits me so to speak, but I'm all about you know taking in what other people have to say like that's what being coachable is about and uh, you see it from you know the vast majority of the guys in that room that we're all taking in um every little hint that he's given us over the years you know we you can see it in the film if you if you want to th- um throw up a comparison film uh it's it, the proof is in the pudding with regards to that and I mean that's just a testament to the you know the success that he's had and the success that he wants to be able to b- have us build.
0: I see a lot of players when they're in the league they watch film of other guys that they sort of look to. Is there another player in the league that you sort of look to to craft your moves to add to your arsenal that you feel like has a similar playing style to you, or or is that guy even in your in your room already?
1: Are you uh, obviously I watch JJ. Everybody watches JJ all the time. Uh, as far as like D tackles go, you know I love. Uh, no, nah, obviously, I'm, not, I'm, try, I'm still trying to get to that level, obviously. Uh, but I love, I love watching film on Jerry McCoy. Uh, I love watching film on uh, Aaron Donald. You know, he's one of the, he's one of the best we've ever seen as far course, as interior yeah. defensive linemen go. Um, but th- those, th- I say those would be my, those would be my top two right now. Him and I love, I love what Gerald's been doing, you know, during his career at uh, over at Tampa Bay. So I love watching film on those guys.
0: I know you guys are playing the Eagles this Sunday. You're not on the field at the same time as that front, but how how many playmakers are on that front and and what what is that like when you see what they're able to do
1: um no it's it's uh that's that's a, that's a line for itself to i mean the the talent alone you know you're talking Brandon Graham, Brandon Graham you're talking Fletcher Cox you're talking Michael Bennett you're talking Chris Long you're talking uh Haloti Nada you're talking uh <laughs> just, you the, say the, Fletcher the,
0: Cox yeah uh, yeah the, yeah. the list, I know the list is the endless, list goes right? like
1: the list goes on i'm just like it's kind of a crazy uh, defensive line, but uh, you know, obviously, you know from what they did last year and what you know, obviously, the talent that they have on that defensive line and that defensive front, um, it's it's incredible just to be able to watch film. You know, and obviously, you watch film on you know you know both sides of the ball just to see what you know works and stuff like that. But uh, to see what they've been doing, you know, as a, as a unit together, uh, it's been it's been uh, incredible to watch, and that's a that's a group of pros right there. That is something else.
0: All right, since you've been in the league, the Texans have made the playoffs. Your first two years, just not last year, and then more than likely this year too. How is this year different from the others, especially after the 0-3 start and then rallying back from that?
1: I've never been a part of a – you know, with my short time here, I've never been a part of a team where we've been this close, you know, know, speaking position-wise, speaking unit-wise, speaking team-wise. This team is really – truly bought in on the you know this concept and the idea of you know that brotherhood aspect that comes with football um and it's it could really be shown with you know the guys that we had and added you know via you know the draft or via free agency it was kind of seamless how they were able to integrate themselves into the team and integrate themselves into the into the you know obviously I'm biased you know the defensive in the defensive room and you know that's something I hadn't I've never seen before, you know, just being in such a seamless and just easy, you know, transition. And that's really, you know, I feel like was what kept us going throughout, you know, the little adversity that we've had this season. And this team is not no, this team is this team is no stranger to, you know, adversity. I've Obviously, you never wanted to do on the past, but I mean, the past is the past. And, you know, you you learn from it and stuff like that. Um, but this team is um, this team knows how to overcome, you know, obstacles thrown their way. And, uh, you know, if I feel like if we didn't have that close-knit unit uh, if we didn't have that close-knit feeling that we have towards each other and the love that we have for you know the brother to our left and the brother for our to our right uh, I feel like we wouldn't be in this position today
0: all right good stuff we've had a lot of fun watching it hopefully it continues for a long long time to come I think since I've been here this has been the most fun that we've had covering this team as well so Christian Covington best wishes for the rest of the season and good luck thank you Always a pleasure catching up with that guy. That interview flew by. I looked at the clock and was like, oh, my goodness, Christian. Um, you probably need to go get taped up for practice or something. But uh, he's very, uh, a lot of fun to talk to, very forthcoming, and has uh, grown a lot in his four years here as a uh, Houston Texan. All right, so Sunday... I asked him about the Eagles' defense. Um, I really should ask, uh, should have asked him about Nick Foles in that offense as well because that's who he's going to be up against. But don't worry, I asked plenty of questions about the quarterback situation to my friend Dave Zangaro, who covers Eagles for NBC Sports Philadelphia. How's it going today, Dave?
2: I'm good, DB. How are you?
0: Doing well. You used to cover the Texans here, so I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But first, let's talk about the Eagles coming off the big win against the Rams out in L.A., and then got some help on Monday night with the Saints beating the Panthers. So is this a little bit of deja vu? Carson Wentz goes out, Nick Foles comes in. What's the mood like up there in Philly?
2: A little bit. I mean, the one thing is that, you know, no one's really panicking without the starting quarterback because we know what they did last year with the backup in. Now, it's not exactly a parallel situation. There are some differences, but uh, this team is pretty confident in Nick Foles and, uh, we know he's going to at least play one more game and uh, maybe more than that. So we'll see. Uh, they seem to play well for Nick Foles. Everyone wants him to do well. He's a great guy. and They, they all respect him. They respect the work ethic. Uh, they respect the way he kind of took a back seat when Carson Wentz returned this year. But um, they're still a good team with him. I, Carson's probably the better quarterback long term. But right now, they have a little bit of momentum going into this game.
0: I mean, it's no easy task to beat L.A. in L.A. Do you think there's any quarterback controversy now heading into this final stretch of the season as they try to make that playoff push?
2: I don't think so, ultimately. There is, obviously, in in this town, um, just because it's such a unique situation, Nick Foles is a hero here. He's he's never going to have to buy a beer in this city again from what he did last season. So (laughs) I think there is a faction of fans who want him to be the quarterback long term, uh, I just don't think that's realistic. So um, the question is, when will Carson play again when he's healthy? You know, when when is his health going to allow him to play again? Because he has the stress fracture in his back, and, and they're not going to put him in harm's way. If, if the doctors look at him and say, you know, he he has a risk of further injuring himself, they're not going to put him out there. They just can't afford that. Uh, but if the moment comes where they look at Carson Wentz and think he's healthy enough to play again, um, I think they got to put him back out there. He's a the starting quarterback for a reason, uh, but they're going to be cautious because they expect him to be the quarterback here for the next decade, and, and they're not going to sacrifice that uh, to win a game right now.
0: Uh, you used to cover the Texans here in Houston as a beat writer, and obviously this is going to be a monumental game for both teams, uh, especially for the Eagles who are still trying to make the playoffs. What's the perception of the Texans up there in Philadelphia? I know the team's changed a lot since you covered them here, Dave, but what, what do people sort of think of this defensive front? What do they think of Deshaun Watson and, and the win streak that they've been able to put together this year?
2: It's funny because these two divisions so rarely play um, that I don't know if, you know, fans here know about J.J. Y and they know about Jadeveon Clowney, Um but outside of that, and, and they obviously know about um, DeAndre Hopkins, some of the star players. But I don't think they know a lot about uh, that team and, and kind of where it's come, uh, especially recently. So it's interesting because these teams, like, like I said, they don't play often. The last time they played was actually right after I left Houston. It was uh, back in 2014. Um, it's kind of funny Nick Foles was the starter in that game, and then he he broke his uh, collarbone,
0: didn't he? Broke the collarbone. Yeah. Whitney
2: Merciless hit him. Um and, and that ended his season. So it it's crazy that here we are eight years later and Nick Foles is about to start again after leaving, coming back, winning the Super Bowl, and uh, spending most of the season on the bench. So it's kinda of crazy how a lot of that works out. Um I, I think the hope that I've heard from Eagles fans is that maybe the Texans aren't that good. Um and I think that um that's kind of foolish to think that way, honestly. Uh, you can look at their schedule and think, well, they haven't um, they haven't beaten a lot of great teams, but they've beaten everyone that's been on their schedule. So it's it's hard to think that. You, I don't think they can think that way, especially a the team. They have to think that this is you know being a 10 win team right now, and and that's not no easy task. Um, they're at home. They play better at home for the most part. So I expect uh, Lincoln Financial Field to be pretty loud on Sunday. It should be a fun atmosphere. I'm excited to see it.
0: Well, I know despite their record, people here in Houston do take the Eagles seriously, even though they're 7-7. Seven and seven, They know what they're obviously capable of doing. And, and I know watching that game uh, on Sunday night with the Eagles and, and the Rams, uh, Nick Foles looked – looked really, he looked really good coming off the bench. His numbers weren't the greatest, but, you know, what do you think he was able to do well to sort of get the Eagles in scoring position early and often throughout that game?
2: Yeah, he played well. Like you said, he didn't light up the scoreboard or stat sheet, but – I thought he did his job. I, you know, the team played with some juice for him, and I think that happens a lot when a backup quarterback comes in. I know we used to see it in Houston a little bit back in the day when, you know, Case Keenum would come in, and there just seemed to be something about the team with the backup quarterback in. And I think the reason for that is because the rest of the team kind of gets this mentality where we have to be a lot better because there's less room for error. And I think that's kind of what we saw on Sunday, you know, cause Nick Foles is going to get credit for winning the game. But um, to me, that was their best overall performance of the year. And it started with their offensive line, their defensive line. Um, those two units played really well, um, but in all three phases, they finally put a complete game together. And that's what's been missing for this team all year. It seems like, you know, the defense will have a good game and the offense will have a good game and, and they haven't put it all together. They finally did that against the Rams. So. Um, I kind of get the idea that uh, the the Texans obviously have to respect the Eagles. Most teams have kind of felt that way going against them this year, even when they were struggling because this is a team that won a Super Bowl not that long ago, and and they have the talent to be able to do it. They haven't put it together for a lot of this year, but um, I would think the Texans aren't happy to see them right at this time. They probably would have preferred to go against them when they weren't coming off a big win against the Rams. So that's kind of the way the schedule dictates something sometimes. You know, the Eagles played the, the Panthers early in the year when that was still a tough game, and, and now that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. So uh, it's kind of interesting that where you play teams in the schedule can dictate uh, what type of team you're going to play against. But right now it's kind of fun because these are two good teams that um, might be rounding into form as, as we get closer here. Uh, it should be a fun game.
0: Yeah, and I think when, when we saw that Doug Peterson announced that Nick Foles was going to be starting this Week 16 game, I don't think anyone really felt like, oh, it's it's the backup quarterback. This is one team where the backup quarterback and the starting quarterback, you pick your poison, they're, they're both equally effective. And, and Bill yeah. O'Brien, he actually said in his press conference uh, on Monday that the offense doesn't really change too much with either Wentz or Foles in the game. But when you're watching them, what do you think the biggest difference is when Foles is under center, if you're just – say, using the eyeball test? What looks different when he's in the game?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the the stock coach answer when you don't want to give one guy too much credit or take away from another guy. But I think the offense, um, in certain aspects, it is the same. They're obviously not going to change up what they do on a grand scale. I mean, they're not all of a sudden going to become a completely different team, but they do do things differently. The RPO game works a lot better with Nick Foles. Uh, he really stayed committed to the run in the last game. I, I think that um, the coach and the players are a little different with the backup quarterback because you know, like I said earlier, the sense of urgency is just a little bit higher. Um, and I think that Doug Peterson and the Foles have a good feel for each other. I, I think that Doug really knows what he likes, and he's not going to put too much on his plate. Where sometimes um, Carson Wentz is just so talented that feel like he can do anything and I think they get themselves in trouble by putting the game on his shoulders whereas with Nick Foles they can kind of do what they want um, and just make Nick Foles a piece of it. I think that's why they were successful on Sunday. They're not asking him to go out there and put the, the whole team on his shoulders like they do with Carson sometimes. They just want him to be a little piece of the puzzle and that seems to be the formula that they're going to go with this weekend.
0: I want to ask you about the Eagles wide receivers. Uh, let's start with Alshon Jeffrey. He had a big game with Foles. Uh, what about his production? Eight catches for 160 yards. Um, was that just one game? What is what is happening with his chemistry with Foles that they seem to really do well when they're on the field together?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, that, that's the one troubling thing about him and Carson. They haven't been able to connect on those deep balls. Uh, Nick Foles, the one thing about him, is he is not afraid to chuck the ball deep. He does really have that kind of gunslinger mentality. He'll throw the ball deep, and um, he'll throw people open. He, he's not going to wait for you to get open. He's going to throw you open, it, and that's kind of what he does with Alshon Jeffrey. Um, those two seem to have really good chemistry. Remember, remember this, the game on Sunday against the Rams was the first time those two had played together since the Super Bowl because Alshon missed the first couple of games this year when Nick was a starter, so we're talking about these guys haven't played together in nearly a year and they were able to have that kind of chemistry so um yeah there's there's just something about the two of them and they, they seem to be on the same page um alshon is a supremely talented receiver who at times this year hasn't been as productive as they probably need him to be and that's not all on him i mean some of that's play calling some of that's uh the quarterback but um he's a talented guy they have to find ways to get him involved and they did that on Sunday it obviously helped them
0: I know they've been wanting to get uh Golden Tate more involved and that's an interesting addition to the team because it happened around the same time on the same day as the Texans traded for Demaryius Thomas so uh, while in Houston we're sort of watching Demaryius get more involved in the offense what's it like watching Golden Tate get more involved in the offense how's that transition been is he where they expect him to be or or do they expect more out of him still coming
2: yeah it's it's been I think it's been tougher for the Eagles to get Golden Tate involved Um, I've watched DT a little bit there in Houston it seems like almost right away they were able to find him find ways to get him involved and even Amari Cooper in Dallas has obviously been a, a big uh player for them um with Golden Tate, it, it hasn't been there. And I think a lot of it is on the coaching staff, honestly. I think they've just really struggled to utilize him the right way. And uh, they keep coming back. There's only one ball, and it's true. This team has a lot of weapons. But we're talking about one of the most productive players of the last half decade in Golden Tate. Uh, so it's been a little surprising they haven't been able to find ways to get him the ball, just get the ball in his hands and let him do the rest. That's what he does so well. Uh, he's just He doesn't play a lot. I mean, he, he played – I think, uh, like 30 snaps in the last game. and It's just not enough from my standpoint. Nelson Aguilar played almost the entire game and didn't really have a big impact in the stat sheet. Um, uh, and I'm not saying they should bench Nelson Aguilar cause he's a good player, but, um, at a certain point, I think you got to get golden Tate on the field and got to get him involved. They gave up a third round pick for this guy. And, uh, they basically did it as a rental player and they hadn't really gotten much out of it. So, um, it, it's been a little hard to figure out. And I, I, to me, it falls on the coaching staff. I think he's still the same guy who was able to be successful in Detroit. But for whatever reason, it just hasn't translated.
0: Yeah, you almost wonder what would happen if he would have stayed in Detroit. Uh, Dave, I want to ask you about the Philly defense. I don't want to shortchange all the playmakers on that on that defensive front. Uh, what about them and facing Deshaun Watson on Sunday? What's, you know, what, what is the strength of that front? And what is something that Watson's really going to have to look out for when he faces them?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's kind of the strength of their defense is their four-man pass rush. Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator, he'd prefer not to blitz, and they don't blitz a lot. Um, and a lot of that is predicated on that front forward getting pressure. And they've been good at it this year. Uh, they they're really good at it in L.A. You saw Fletcher Cox, I thought, was one of his better games. He doesn't put up the sack numbers of uh, some of the top-tier guys, but that doesn't mean he's not productive, and that doesn't mean he's not getting after the quarterback. Uh, Fletcher Cox is up there with you know some of the best interior pass rushers in the league. So he's a guy that you have to account for. Michael Bennett as a defensive end in this four three system uh, is obviously really good at getting at the quarterback. He's done it his whole career. So they have guys who can do it. Um, the back end of the defense played well in LA, but they have a lot of missing pieces back there um, from their starting secondary. The five starters back there. Just Malcolm Jenkins is left. Um, everyone else has been hurt this year. And uh, it's actually amazing they've been able to play this well with so many injuries, but um, they're without their starting two corners on the outside. Their starting nickel cornerback is out right now, and one of their starting safeties is done for the year. So um, a lot of injuries on the back end, but they've held it together um, enough. And uh, that front four, if, if they get to the quarterback, um it means that the cornerbacks, or if they get to the quarterbacks, or the cornerbacks only have to cover for a little bit of time, and they've been able to do that. It's all about the pass rush for the Eagles.
0: Yeah, and speaking of injuries, I saw that Fletcher Cox went out of that Rams game and then came back in. Is there any concern for him moving forward?
2: Nah, he'll be good. Um, I talked to him after the game.
0: He hurt he his hit.
2: He basically said there was nothing that was going to keep him out of that game. He ended up playing a lot of it. He played a lot of snaps. He's been playing a lot of snaps recently. He's one of those guys who kind of realizes the situation, realizes how dire it is, and he's just not going to leave the field. And that's kind of what we've seen. Uh, He might be a little banged up. He's probably a little sore over these last few days, but he'll be fine to play, and and I'd expect him to play a lot on Sunday.
0: Yeah, big game for the Eagles, big game for the Texans as well. Thanks so much for the time. Dave Zangaro covers Eagles for NBC Sports Philadelphia. Dave, appreciate it as always, and we'll see you up there on Sunday.
2: Yeah, it should be fun. I'm excited. Thank you.
0: Not going to lie, I'm a little disappointed that Dave said people up in Philly don't know too much about the Houston Texans. I think they'll know a lot after Sunday's game. Hopefully, uh, the Texans can pull out a win. I was reading somewhere that the playoff chances for Philly goes up to about 53% if they can win. They're 7-7 seven and seven right now. The NFC East is just really up for the taking. But even if they win against the Texans, and even if they win their final uh, game of the season, they still do not have a lock to make the playoffs so they've got a lot of things that go their way Texans on the other hand control their own destiny if they win on Sunday they clinch the division if they win out uh, they secure that number two spot in the AFC which is where they're at right now so big big important two weeks coming up here for the Houston Texans the podcasts are going to keep going but that's going to do it for us for this week uh, if you like what you're hearing go Give us a like or subscribe on iTunes, tune in our Stitcher, leave a review, let me know what you think, and we'll be back next time. Be sure to check out HoustonTexans.com. That Covington interview is up, as well as a lot of stories that we've written throughout the week. Deshaun Watson got some advice from Tony Romo uh, back in week one that he still follows to this day. I've got that story up as well on HoustonTexans.com. That's going to do it for us. And so thank you so much for listening. As always, go Texans.